From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. More and more students are considering careers in public health as a result of the pandemic. Dr. Christopher Morley is my guest. He's the chair of Upstate's Department of Public Health and Preventive Medicine. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Morley. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Now, is it true that you have the largest incoming class ever this year? And do you think the increased interest is in response to the pandemic? Uh, yes and yes. Um, so we have a, a, a relatively young program. We've only been, uh, we graduated our first class about 10 years ago. Um, and as a, as a program that's run by a department within a college of medicine and not a full school of public health, we are um, fairly small. So uh, I offer that as context for the numbers I share, but we actually have uh, about 32 students starting. We're actually still in the process of, of uh, processing some final last minute applications and we'll see who matriculates, but we're looking at, at breaking the, the 30 barrier, which we've never done before. So tell us about the program. Are all of these students working on a master's degree in public health? And does this require a full-time commitment or do you have some part-time students? So most are working on a master of public health, um, which is a 42 credit degree. The, uh, there are some who are working on a certificate of advanced study, which is a smaller uh, credit load. That's about 15 credits, but those credits are all full graduate credits. A certificate of advanced study is approved by the New York State Department of Education. And so people could complete the certificate and then transfer all of those credits into an MPH hours or in theory, uh, any other MPH program because they're full. It's a full graduate certificate and, and, uh, and an education a real educational program. But most of our students are completing the MPH. Some are completing it as part of a joint degree program, the MDMPH. They are doing it full time. Others are doing uh, this as a pathway into the MD uh, program. That's a special pathway. It's called the Public Health Scholars Program. Uh, they are doing it full time. Um, so our general um, uh, standalone MPH students are in one of two concentrations. They uh, typically can go either full or part time. Most of those students too are doing it full time. We have about five part timers. Uh, um, in, in the program, and they tend to fluctuate in and out of full to part time, depending on what they can do with their workload. Now, you mentioned MD, MPH. So, is that um, people that are studying to become doctors? They're in the medical school, but they're also going to do a concentration in public health as well. That's right. Time? That's right. It's it's about an, an extra. It's an extra year of study. They do most of their MPH coursework. Um, at this point in a year zero, uh, other students in, in years past have done it uh, by breaking up their medical training. We've made a whole program move to um, basically strongly encourage people to start with what we call a year zero. Medical, medical school is four years and doing a, a fifth year at the start of their, their career here at Upstate, doing um, the, the bulk of their MPH coursework. So about about 36 of their credits before they start medical school. And then we have about six and a half credits that we recognize from medical school that we we, uh, we recognize as part of the MPH as well. Frankly, our department teaches the, some, most of the courses that we recognize from the, M, from the MD program. So uh, they end up walking with two degrees, the MD and the MPH. Well, I'd like for you to tell us about the curriculum. And I've heard a master's of public health described as something like a master's in business administration, but in healthcare. Is, is that accurate? Oh, no, I would actually disabuse that. Um, so uh, while we do, part of our curriculum does involve um, program planning and evaluation, as well as um, policy and administration, those are skills that teach people um, about 
about healthcare organizations and, and service organizations, but that's not really the core. We, we there's a there's an eclectic brand of skill uh, mix of skills, and the focus really um, for every uh, the core of, of public health really are teaching students epidemiology and biostatistics. Um, we also teach them uh, the social and behavioral dimensions of, of public health. So that's applying social science and behavioral science models to how to plan interventions and what to expect, how to interpret results. We teach them about environmental health and, um, and we, we teach them uh, research methods and advanced statistics and, 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 uh, and epidemiology. Now, there are different uh, tracks. We have different concentrations. We have one in, uh, that's presently called data and analytics, where we uh, have students study um, advanced epidemiology, biostatistics, and, and uh, data management. And we have a, a, a concentration that's intended for our MDMPH and a special pathway into the MD program called the, called the Public Health Scholars Program. Those students, um, take a, a course from me actually in biopsychosocial primary care that basically focuses on um, taking public health skills and applying them to the physician patient dyad. Um, and uh, we have a global health, a new global health and translational science concentration that introduces students to um, work in global health research and 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 uh, service dissemination. And those students uh, have a, a similar uh, set of courses, but they also do what, what all students do, and that's an applied practice experience. The global health students do theirs uh, typically in overseas uh, sites. Um, that's a brand new concentration. We just accepted our first cohort into that concentration. In addition to those classes, are there electives that students choose from? There are. We, uh, as, as with many professional master's programs, there's not a lot of room for electives, but we do offer electives where students can take additional advanced training. So students who are in concentrations where, say, uh, uh, advanced biostatistics isn't required, they can take the advanced biostatistics. But we also have electives in public health ethics and in uh, caring for people with disabilities. We have electives in um, uh, infectious disease epidemiology and chronic disease epidemiology. Um, so students can add one or two classes in areas that they'd like to focus. But like most professional masters, we have a pretty circumscribed curriculum that people want to get done on time and finish those 42 credits efficiently. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm Amber Smith speaking with Dr. Christopher Morley. He's the chair of Upstate's Department of Public Health and Preventive Medicine, which has seen a spike in student interest in its educational programs since the pandemic. What is the Public Health Scholars Program? I'm so glad you asked me about that. The Public Health Scholars Program is one of uh, three special pathways into our medical school uh, MDs program, MD program. The, uh, the special pathways are ways that students who come from underserved backgrounds and have um, uh, a fair likelihood of succeeding in medical school, but, uh, but had some, some things that they needed to uh, correct on their applications. Um, a way to basically uh, work through and, and, and essentially demonstrate readiness for medical school. Uh, we've got a, a med tech program and a, 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 a master's in medical technology, and we've, we have um, a, a Buffalo, uh, University of Buffalo post-baccalaureate program, which are other options. But the, the MPH program participates uh, through the public health scholars pathway. Those students are selected when they apply for medical school and they're selected because they have one or two things to correct. 
and uh, it gives them the opportunity to demonstrate preparedness for uh, advanced study by doing most of the MPH program. And we've had a lot of success getting students into the MD program. Um, we've, we have uh, about six to seven students in the program right now doing it. We just um, sent four students into medical school through this pathway, uh, four students in the year prior, and we have about 15 students in overall in the MD program who came through this pathway uh, by doing the MPH coursework first. Uh, we're real proud of that and it's a path, it's a pathway to help diversify medicine and it's really important to us. Do you have any examples of lessons or projects that happened during the pandemic that made use of what was happening live in the real world? Oh, absolutely. And it was bi-directional. Um, not only were we taking lessons that we were doing typically uh, things we had done that day, our, our uh, faculty and and, uh, and staff were, were deeply engaged in both our institutional and community responses to the pandemic. Um, but very often we were able to turn around and, for example, if we were doing surveillance and producing uh, graphs or information or projections or, 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 um, or other uh, artifacts from our work, we were able to take that directly to the classroom. And that was a lot more effective than you know than than showing people something historical or 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 made up from a textbook. We were showing them stuff that we were uh, employing um, in real time, and those are the skills they were learning in the classroom. We were showing them that this was actually uh, in in uh, in use right at the right at the time. And I say it was bi-directional because those students were were also helping us. Um, we had uh, students help us. Uh, MPH students help us do a conduct a survey of uh, our own workforce at Upstate on vaccine uh, attitudes as the vaccines for COVID-19 were rolling out. We did one round in December and one round after the vaccines were here, uh, just to study vaccine hesitancy and vaccine attitudes. And that was uh, facilitated and, and helped by a couple of MPH students. Um, we had students engage in, in information collection around what hospitals were doing, what our own hospital was doing, um, and support a variety of efforts throughout the pandemic. Um, and so it was a real learning learning exercise as well as a, an, a, a, a true help. Uh, our students across upstate really pitched in and helped through the pandemic, and our MPH students were certainly a part of that. And I'm, I'm really, uh, really thrilled to be able to say that. Now, what sorts of jobs would someone with a master's of public health be qualified for? Where do your graduates end up? So, uh, with the eclectic skill set, a lot of different places. Uh, the most logical place that they're aimed is typically the, the uh, a county, municipal, or state health department. But that's not it. I mean, there's a lot of things they can do there. But uh, some students end up going on and graduating and getting employed at, uh, you know, health health organizations, health service organizations, in uh, healthcare facilities. Some of them work at uh, policy think tanks. Many of them even work in, um, you know, in population health arms of hospitals. And uh, we've got several students working on in in, in hospitals, and, you know, analyzing population health data. And another uh, ripe area is that students go on and uh, graduate and become research coordinators for a wide variety of different types of research projects. We've got students right now employed in our Global Health and Translational Science Institute. We've got students employed in a number of other uh, studies. Uh, we've got a, a alumni in the emergency department, and I can go on with the list, but these students are coordinating research studies, managing data, 
managing processes, managing um, regulatory processes, helping do analyses, helping write papers, uh, runs the gamut. They've got a wide skill set and they employ them in, in, a, in a lot of different ways. Now, what would you advise a high school student who's interested in public health to pursue in college? What kind of undergraduate degree would, would be good? Sure. So one, one thing I'd like to disabuse is that um, when, once you're in public health, we are much more of a social science discipline than a biological one. So people don't actually need a clinical background, nor do they need advanced training in, in biology. I mean, if you're talking about diseases, it certainly helps, but the way we analyze them, we have much more in common watching things play out as they proceed through people and as policies or as, as, as individuals transmit diseases to one another. And those tend to be social processes as much as they are biological. Are there particular skills that would be good to have in terms of math or science or mapping, anything like that? So uh, coming in with some background in statistics, as, you, as <laughs> some of our conversation might imply, having an, an undergraduate course in statistics is good. Um, additionally, um, having some concept of, of social research uh, taking a, a medical sociology course or a medical anthropology course would be good. Having some idea of the policy arena. So uh, political science or policy studies are good places to look. And so if you can do those things with a focus on health, that's even, that's even better. Um, so uh, quantitative sociology, um, uh, um, even uh, behavioral sciences like psychology are good primers especially for the types of research designs we, we implement and, and study. Um, additionally, I'd suggest that people with um, humanities backgrounds uh, come in good because they, they, sometimes they don't have all the math prep, but they have uh, great strong writing skills because very the, the other end of doing an analysis is you have to tell people about it and being an effective communicator is also very useful. So writing uh, math and social science skills uh, an understanding of the social and behavioral sciences and, and policy studies are really uh, some of the substrates of, of public health as much as uh, any other science. I wouldn't dissuade people with, with bio biological or environmental science backgrounds coming to us. Um, they thrive in our program as well. It's just not absolutely necessary. And in fact, um, some, of those, some of the lessons they learn about social sciences are, are new to those people. So um, that's what I would stress. What's the application process like? Well, um, we we participate in what's called a, a common application. Ours is, is called SOPHAS, S-O-P-H-A-S. And we do have a link on the webpage. Uh, if you find our, our program, you know, upstate.edu slash MPH, you can find, uh, I, I think you can find the application page pretty easily. And there's a two-step process. You go through SOPHAS and that, um, collects the, the primary portion of the data. And then we have a secondary application. Um, we do require transcripts um, and the both the physical copy of the transcripts uh, certified as well as um, the data from the transcripts entered into SOFIS are both necessary. Um, we do not require a, uh, a, a GRE or any other standardized test. We dropped that requirement a few years ago. We do a holistic um, review of the applicant. So we tend to emphasize um, the, what, what's on the transcript, what courses students have done rather than just the GPA. Um, and we also look closely at uh, a couple of things. We ask them for an essay and a public health statement, not terribly long ones, but uh, a brief uh, public health statement, what they, what they think is, a, a, is an important project, 
and where they think they're going to go, as well as a, a public health essay. And we asked for three letters of recommendation. Typically, we'd like those letters of recommendation to come from academic sources that say they can do the work and occasional professional reference is good as well. Um, but we do ask for three letters of recommendation um, from professional or academic sources. Um, so if you have your transcripts lined up and you're a decent writer and you've got people who will vouch for you, um, professional references who will say that you're, you're a good candidate for a public health study, you're set to apply. Oh, well, this has been a very good overview. Thank you so much to Upstate's Chair of the Department of Public Health and Preventive Medicine, Dr. Christopher Morley. This has been host Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and radio talk show, HealthLink on Air.